When we help others, should it matter who we're helping or just the fact that we're helping at all? Should we aim our benevolence at high-yielding targets or simply toss our altruism towards the dartboard and hope for a high score? seem to approach doing good like we're throwing darts from a hundred feet away with two things on our mind. First, we're feeling like for some reason we have to stand this far away. And second, like the best outcome we can reasonably hope for is to hit the board, anywhere on the board, and expecting a high score is just unreasonable. Of course, we can try to aim for that the triple 20, you know, like the 20 section and there's that inner ring. And if you get it on both those, then you get triple like 60 points. I don't know what to call that, but <laughs> we, could, we could aim for that. We can aim for that triple 20 from 100 feet away. But chances are, since we're not a perfect shot, we'll end up somewhere random on the board if we actually hit it. So what's the sense in worrying too much about aiming for the highest score? And similarly, what's the sense in aiming to accomplish the most good we can when it seems like just accomplishing any good at all, just hitting the board against the odds, is better than missing the board entirely or definitely better than never throwing the dart? So shouldn't this be good enough? You know, at least we're trying, right? to the Impactivism Podcast, where we explore how each of us, as individuals, can get better at doing good. I'm your host, Logan Sullivan, and this is episode number seven. In the past, in the absence of the internet, in the absence of information availability allowing us to truly understand the likely impact of our actions if we choose to do the research, we were likely standing 100 feet away and this tactic of just hoping to hit the board made a fair amount of sense among so much uncertainty. But today we're no longer throwing the darts and we're definitely not standing 100 feet from our targets. We're fortunately in a position, in many cases, to simply walk up to the board and place the dart wherever we please. But maybe the difference today is like the dartboard is blank and there's no numbers on it that correlate with each section, so you don't know which section is worth how many points. But the key is available online, via that smartphone in your pocket. So with a quick Google search, we can see very clearly which section correlates to which score. And we can then differentiate between that triple 20, between that 60 point shot and the two point shot. Now, in any formalized philanthropy, they likely subscribe to the idea that targets we aspire to, they really matter because challenges in the world that need addressing seem limitless and resources allocated towards addressing them are of course finite. Thus, we, we must invest them as effectively as possible. 
we must aim to hit that 60 point section again whatever it's called instead of that two point section and take all the measures that we can to assure that we hit that target and to do this we first need to identify the target beneficiaries that can most benefit from these resources in a way those 60 point targets these target beneficiaries can take many forms they can they can come in the form of a particularly vulnerable population a community in crisis, a demographic of high-risk people, sufferers of a particular ailment or a disease, a species of non-human animal, or a group of animals sharing a particular fate, and that list goes on. Or I guess more generally, you know, those occupying a particularly challenging circumstance that can be improved upon in order to increase their well-being through a specific intervention. And when these finite resources are granted, the donor rightfully holds the implementing agency to account on assuring that they reach these target beneficiaries as planned, that they place their dart on that 60-point section, not on the two-point section. And for the most part, this seems to make logical sense if we hope to achieve as much good as we can with our limited resources, you know, as many points as we can with each dart. But our time and energy are resources too and when we volunteer our time and energy we're investing ourselves and usually or well, at least hopefully hopefully when we volunteer a set of beneficiaries you know those sharing a, a certain improvable circumstance in common is identified and the activities or interventions are planned around reaching them the best that we can like a, a shelter aims to provide shelter for those most in need of shelter a food bank aims to provide food for those most hungry and a polio vaccine aims to vaccinate those most vulnerable first. So for this episode, we won't discuss how to identify the best targets for our benevolence or how to choose where to focus our attention if we truly want to achieve the most good. But I do speak about these ideas and share some thoughts to take into consideration when choosing causes to support. And I talk about this in some other episodes, so do subscribe if you feel that you could benefit from these topics. But instead, today, I want to focus on how to assure that you know, once a, a target beneficiary is identified, that we are making decisions and taking actions that assure our individual inputs are reaching our targets. You know, those who were hopefully identified because they could benefit significantly from these limited resources and if we're benefiting others and not who are not exactly our targets then this means we're not operating very efficiently uh, or not as efficiently as we could otherwise so unfortunately it often seems like we either get a bit confused here or are simply not inclined to ask this question who is actually benefiting from this intervention or for ourselves individually, how is my incremental involvement or me as a marginal addition to the resources dedicated towards this cause, what am I actually impacting? organized a Christmas gift drive for families of children in her speech pathology programs. 
And after the gifts were donated, she assembled groups of people to distribute these gifts to the family's homes in the days leading up to Christmas. And I joined her on gift delivery day many years, many, many times uh, when I was growing up. And this was always an opportunity to learn a little gratitude, a reminder of my own fortune growing up, which was a much, much less common back then than these reminders have become in my life lately. So I'm very thankful to have had those experiences and to my mother for having organized that and often <laughs> forced me to come along. But from my subjective experience, and I'm sure my mother would disagree, but I'd say probably half of the families were roughly 10% happier seeing me there. You know, as an extra person helping carry the gifts to the door, and maybe the other half were roughly 10% less happy to see me there as a stranger bringing them the gifts that their circumstance prevented them from buying. And that may be wrong, but again, that's just my subjective observation. And if somehow I could tip that happiness factor, you know, in the right direction, if more than 50% would have, you know, enjoyed me being there and less than 50% it would have detracted, then I would be having some measurable impact on the people that the gift drive originally intended to benefit. But that doesn't, that didn't seem like it was the case. So in the end, the overall interaction at the door among gift receivers and gift deliverers seemed to average out as about the same whether the delivery team consisted of me and my mother or just my mother. And of course, the same exact gifts are delivered regardless of my participation in the delivery process. So with all of that in mind, I think I can conclude that my net impact on the actual intended beneficiaries was zero. Of course, I have to consider the net impact on myself, and if this experience gave me valuable perspective, insight, energy, motivation, you know, at the end of the day to further, you know, do good in other ways. And this was definitely the case growing up, and I, again, have to thank my mom for this experience. So, overall, the external or other regarding impact of my participation was net zero, but my internal or self-regarding impact was greater than zero. And I learned and I grew from these experiences and potentially some of the self-regarding benefits, some of you know that personal growth eventually led to other regarding actions later on. You know, opportunities where I was, I, I took that experience that I learned from and was more inclined to take positive actions in different ways uh, next month or next year or even now. And if so, that would make the whole experience of participating in Delivery Day more and more valuable in this sort of counterintuitive and abstract way as time went on. Of course, to measure if this was a constructive use of my time for doing good, I have to ask, you know, what more effective action could I have taken within those four or five hours to help others if not delivering gifts? But I'll refrain from that for now because that's a different discussion and I talk about that idea in other podcasts. So I'll leave that out for now. But I'd probably say that after the second or third year of being involved in Delivery Day, all things considered, I would not have invested my time 
in this gift drive for the sake of those beneficiaries that my presence did not seem to personally impact, nor would I have participated for the sake of my own personal growth. Because, you know, I had seen and learned from that experience multiple times. And if learning was the standalone motive, you know, of those four or five hours, I could learn more from a new experience than from repeating this old one. But I continued, I continued to participate for one reason, in order to help my co-volunteer, my mother, with the deliveries. But this was because, you know, she worked really hard on this each year, and it was not an easy thing to put together, and she brought a lot of joy to a lot of people through creating this whole gift drive tradition that would not have existed if she did not take the initiative. So I wanted to help her in that delivery process and make the whole experience a little bit easier for her, and that might help her as time goes on uh, continue to keep with it. And as long as I called my involvement as it was, you know, that I classified this time and energy as family time and energy, just like helping my mom clean out her garage or run an errand. And as long as I did not classify it as this wider reaching altruistic time and energy, then I'm just helping my mother and no harm is done. But if I misinterpret this action and classify and classify it as time spent helping others, then I may be inclined to grant myself the moral license not to take more impactful, benevolent actions for others in the future when another opportunity arises. And I'd be sort of depleting my altruistic energy at a faster rate, which would ultimately impact less good than otherwise. So for another more substantial example, let's look at the idea of flying to Guatemala to build the walls of a school building with an organization we're involved with. So a group of 10 people are already committed, they've already paid, and they are definitely going, they've booked their flight, and you'd be the 11th person if you decide to participate. And against all instincts for the sake of this example, I'll put aside any other arguments about the merits and value of this trip as a whole, and we'll just concentrate on defining the impact of you joining versus that counterfactual future in which you did not join, and in which you instead decided to accomplish as much good as you can with that same amount of time and resources. For this example, we'll presuppose that the main objective of this trip you know, as it definitely should be, is to provide a space for the children to learn, which takes the form of building the school walls. And this means our primary target beneficiaries are the school children who would utilize that space. So there may be other side activities that volunteers participate in uh, while they're present, and their interaction with the community themselves stands to provide some level of, of benefit but these are secondary to the main objective, uh, to the reason that this project was you know, originally conceived and supported and funded and in the end confirmed and people signed up for it. And I, I guess a project is pretty unlikely to be funded if the main objective is for a group of Americans to fly down to Guatemala and interact with a community. But maybe, you never know, but probably less likely than, than another trip. So... 
We'll also assume that you you and none of the other uh, volunteers are experts in wall building techniques and Central American climates. So in the end, with either those 10 volunteers, if you did not join, or with 11 volunteers, if you do decide to join, the school will be built either way. And the teachers and children will utilize that space exactly the same. And within those walls, the same number of children will receive the same level of education at the same level of quality for the same amount of time. And overall, your flight will cost about $800 round trip, and one week's expenses will run roughly $500 for accommodations and visas and airport transfer, getting out to this uh, faraway community, uh, food and entertainment, and the list goes on. And that means that your costs will be around $1,300. Now, if you'd pay, say, $150 for food and entertainment and a home that week anyway, uh, we'll call it $1,150. Now, if you have $1,150 to spend on doing good, what does that dollar amount accomplish by taking this trip? And if you have the one additional week to spend, what, you know, what do you accomplish with that time of yours? Now, because no school child, which again is your target beneficiary, what should be the objective of reaching uh, through this activity in this trip, no child will be directly impacted in any way by the 11th volunteer. We can look at the secondary or the incidental bonus beneficiaries, you know, those community members who might experience some additional joy through time you spend interacting with them though you also stand to negatively impact them if you're not pleasant, so you have to keep that in mind. And maybe some other members of the community who you do not interact with, maybe they experience some marginal additional well-being when counting 11 benevolent people reaching out to them as compared to 10 benevolent people, but that's probably a pretty small impact if it exists. But the most tangible benefit you will provide will be realized by probably by your co-volunteers as their workload will decrease uh, by somewhere around 10% each if you're not present. So we can say that instead of working 10-hour days for six days, they'd each be working nine-hour days. So in the end, the net impact of your attendance or your participation in this whole project, you're going to Guatemala, you're spending this money, uh, comes in three forms. By far the largest seems to be the decreasing, you're decreasing the workload of other volunteers who just remember that they signed up to volunteer in manual labor intentionally, but you're going to decrease that by about 10%. And next is some additional minutes of joy per day experienced by community members if you interact with them favorably. And lastly is a marginal increase in positive perception of some community members uh, who interpret your presence you know the the 11th person there as positive and for the sake of this example we'll leave out the impact of those who may view your presence negatively like you know the local manual laborer out of work and trying to pay for his kids school who could have done the job much better quicker and at two percent of the cost of your trip but again that's a separate conversation and of course there are you know, looking at it another way, there are no limits to how much you stand to gain from this experience personally. You know, how much your life could fundamentally be changed forever. You know, how much 
you may grow into a more compassionate and empathetic person or you may have these epiphanies in, in your work in these communities and decide to fundamentally change everything you've ever done and that might lead to changing the world and potentially you know your gain will translate uh, into highly effective actions you know years down the line but when considering actions to benefit others and hopefully you know those particular beneficiaries targeted by this trip your personal benefit belongs in a very in a different equation and in a different conversation that should ideally be kept separate from this one when we're when we're trying to analyze you know the impact that you're going to have so that is to say if the fundamental purpose of the trip was to help others you know uh, your benefit is of is of course incredibly important and valuable and would be a huge bonus of the whole experience but it should not be central to your analysis of how you can most accomplish good on this trip uh, you know on the other hand if you're principally regarding this trip as a personal growth experience and you and you you know call it this you call it what it is you know, perhaps choosing to do this trip instead of taking, you know, a one-week holiday in Hawaii, but not instead of donating this money to a highly effective nonprofit. You know, in this case, then your personal experience should be central in this analysis. Okay, now let's look at the potential of that same $1,150 if utilized as effectively as reasonably possible, given all data and information we have access to. Now, a quick Google search and a scan of GiveWell.org and Animal Charity Evaluators shows us that for that same $1,150, if we wanted to do good for people, for humans, we could donate that to an organization called SEVA and Cure Blindness in 23 adults or seven infants. We could donate it to Development Media International to provide 57 additional years of healthy life to highly vulnerable populations in the world's most challenging circumstances. Or we could protect 692 highly vulnerable people from malaria for four years by donating to the Against Malaria Foundation. So if we hope to help non-human animals, we can save 10,000 farmed animal lives by donating that same amount to Mercy for Animals. Or we can rescue one dog by supporting the local animal shelter. So, yes, the trip to Guatemala would accomplish some measurable good for some people, and you stand to in hugely benefit from this. But it's kind of like you know, spending $90 on an incredibly beautiful and rewarding scenic road trip to personally deliver $9 to your middle-class American friend in order for him to send one dollar to the South Sudanese nonprofit he happened to see an ad for online. But ideally, you know, with that hundred dollars, you would have just auto-transferred the whole amount to a severely malnourished, displaced family in South Sudan if, you know, you really wanted to help that particular cause. Now, they are both valuable things to do, and the world is overall better off in both cases, but for very different reasons, right? Now, if we really do want to do the most good we can, we should aim to take actions that target those living beings and causes that can most benefit. But aiming at target beneficiaries is only the first step. Now, remaining critical of whether your personal involvement is actually impacting those you intend to impact, this is just as important. 
And in order to do this, we just, again, need to remain critical. We need to uh, analyze the impact of our actions uh, throughout that process when we're trying to do good. But this is never to argue against taking actions that principally benefit your mom or your coworkers or co-volunteers or families or friends. It's just a reminder of how important it is to differentiate between uh, those actions helping those most in need on a global scale and those actions helping those maybe closer to home and maybe closer to us socially. Uh, this way, you know, we can reserve as much of our wider reaching altruistic energy for wider reaching impactful actions. And luckily, this never has to take away from our helping our family or our friends or community or co-workers too, you know, when that's the objective. thanks so much for listening uh, that wraps up this particular idea I really do think it's a it's an important one I think we fall victim to this very often that we're we're doing something good that is you know that's positively contributing to the world around us but we're not really aware of who we're helping and how we're helping and I think it's it's not the it's not that helping a little bit is bad. Never. That's never, ever, ever the case. It's just to say we have a certain amount of potential. And as long as we have the potential to help significantly more just by thinking about it a little bit and by making sure that we're reaching who we're intending to reach, then why not try to get good at that? Right. So I guess that's what this podcast is about. That's kind of a central idea, I think. And definitely, if, if you like the idea, uh, share the episode, uh, do subscribe to the podcast, there's lots more to come, and if you'd really like to help, uh, if you could get onto iTunes and leave a review, that goes really, 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 really far to help uh, others find the podcast so these ideas can be spread a bit further, and some of the, you know, some big podcasts only have 100 or 200 reviews, so uh, one review goes a really, really long way, especially at the beginning of the podcast uh, like I'm at right now, so and if you had any thoughts on this particular episode or any other episodes or just want to say anything at all, uh, find me on Facebook, send me a message. I want to learn from you guys too and make this a two-way street. Again, thank you so much for your support here. I really do appreciate it. I, I hope I'm putting together something that's of value and can uh, spark some, some actions out there in the world and uh, give some people some ideas to think about. Uh, and I hope that these thoughts translate into into more than thoughts as time goes on and translate into impacts in the world that can spread. So again, thank you so much. And I will definitely be back with much more very soon.